0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. First pick
1: in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select. Larry Johnson from University I'm not supposed to be
2: here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, no, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back.
1: Welcome, Hornets fans. We got our first bit of news. I am free agency for the Charlotte Hornets, so we figured we'd... Podcast about it. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by Brian today for another Buzz Beat. I'm about to head off to Hilton Head uh for about four or five days here at the beach. I know that uh Spencer and Lee are also hitting the beach. Brian seems like he's just gonna he's just gonna stay in. He doesn't want to go to the beach.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm a mountain man. Come on. Uh get the get the beach and that the sand out of here. Um <laughs> no, I, I was at the beach uh for a couple of days back in uh in may and and i'm hoping to get there again in in august um i actually have also been to the mountains of western north carolina uh in may as well was up in boone for a a long weekend as well so um my trips this summer they're all i'm all out west like i was in utah uh, a couple weeks ago and i'm gonna be in uh, in Colorado a couple of times later this summer as well. So, but yeah, I, I'm jealous. You guys get to escape the heat of central North Carolina and get to the, uh, the beach hopefully with some, uh, some cold beverages.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I'll check the weather and it's supposed to be raining every day, but I, I don't know if that's just like the beach weather, you know, how it just has those chances of thunderstorms in the afternoon. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully those hold off. So, all right, Brian, uh, I know we're going to get into the signing of Cody Martin. And um, I guess we'll start with this with Miles Bridges. I just want to talk about it a little bit. I know on the previous podcast, I gave my thoughts about it. And, you know, more information came out. The Instagram post from Michelle Johnson, Miles Bridges' wife, is really what got to me. The bruises, the doctor's report, the video of his son talking is, is really sad because the way that he's like retelling it is almost is you know almost as if it's a common occurrence and i'm and i'm speculating at this point but the wording in her post as well where she says i can't stay silent anymore leads me to believe that this wasn't a first time occurrence and i think we all know what has to be done with the qualifying offer and i do wonder how much longer it's going to take but there's, I mean, there's really no way that, that Miles Bridges ever suits up for the Hornets again. So Brian, you know, just kind of thoughts about this whole situation and how it's gone down and how, how sad of, of a situation this is.
3: Yeah, it's, it's brutal. And, uh, you know, first off, you just want to, uh, you, you touched on this a little bit, Richie, but just, you want to make sure that um, uh, Michelle, the family, mm-hmm. the, the kids, everyone's safe, Um, and feels supported. Um, It's unacceptable behavior um, and it has to stop now. And, you know, just, I I think I tweeted this the other day, but just disturbed and and, and disappointed uh, with the behavior of Miles Bridges and, you know, violence of this nature is certainly not something that's specific to just professional sports or athletes or the NBA or whatever, like this is obviously a a societal concern and something that can often intersect with, um, you know, with basketball, with other professional sports. And it's an issue that the NBA probably needs to address uh, or problem. Let me remove the probably out of there. The NBA needs to do a better job addressing this. I'm sure there will be some, Or it seems likely that there will be some type of of punishment for bridges is the NBA. I think they released a statement, Mike Bass, saying that they similar to the Hornets, just saying that they were sort of like gathering information and and facts. Beyond that, who who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, you can you can, you know, poke your head up and look around and see plenty of guys that have been accused or charged uh with with um you know Mm -hmm. similar crimes that are still playing or coaching in the nba so you know i I don't know what you do about that but i look miles bridges needs to not be playing basketball that that like the guy you know uh, i'm speaking maybe i'm speaking out of turn here but probably you know (laughs) needs uh professional help um counseling and uh, perhaps something more stringent than that as well. But that certainly seems like that's something that should be in the future uh, for Miles. But no, I, I think his time in Charlotte is done. I don't think we'll be seeing him in a Hornets uniform anytime too soon or really another NBA team uniform that soon. I suppose you never know. And who knows what will happen later on down the road year from now years from now uh i don't know but like i just you know it's a terrible situation and my heart breaks right. for the family the kids the the public nature of this michelle like everyone it's pretty pretty horrific and you know beyond that like it's just to, to you know I, I suppose this is like not the point but just it's uh you know, this is a guy that I really enjoyed watching play basketball, especially the last two seasons, Miles Bridges, and to see his ascent as a player, um, sort of like on the precipice of of bigger things. Um, And, and I've like long time, like a while ago, I got over trying to like assume that professional athletes are, you know, you can't like project your beliefs and, and, uh, and in your attitudes and your priorities on to these guys, like they're, they're, they're people or whatever too. They've got their own lives, but you, you can certainly hope that they wouldn't be, be violent, um, be violent towards loved ones or family members or partners or women, whatever. And I'll be honest with you. Like, I just, I don't want to see him play basketball uh, right. anytime again. Um, I just don't, again, this was someone that was, uh, a thrill to watch but you know we're only getting just such a small snippet of this person's life when we're even if the, even though we're watching probably every game miles ever played in in the NBA and, and certainly someone that I watched at Michigan State too personally feel like uh, a little sick just thinking about the amount of time devoted to writing about him or talking about him or or think about him or thinking about it. I
1: mean, you, you you texted the other day about like, it just feels so weird that we actually rooted for this guy. I mean, we were one of his biggest fans when it comes to his on court performance, but to your point that, that, that isn't the point here. It's bigger than that. And I do wonder, Brian, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this before we transition to Cody, what do you think the holdup is when it comes to the Hornets not making a decision on this qualifying offer? Is it the league? Have they stepped in? Are they waiting for more details when it comes to the legal process? Like what? What do you think the holdup is here in, in terms of that aspect of
3: it? Yeah, I, your uh, your your guess is probably as good as mine. I would assume that there is communication between all three of these components that you sort of mentioned, like the Hornets and the NBA. And whatever might happen from a criminal standpoint mm-hmm. um, you yeah, obviously bridges posted posted bail that night after initially ducking an interaction with law enforcement, which certainly doesn't make the situation look any better obviously. So yeah, my guess would be that they're just everyone's being careful uh, to, to kind of before they fully weigh in on this. Um, obviously the timing of it is, I mean it is it it is what it is I suppose like th- there's never obviously there's just never a good time for something like this sh- that you know that should just never happen in general but just given when it happened like it's just at such a critical juncture I know basketball and team building like that stuff's not important when we're talking about uh, domestic violence but yeah it, it really does put them in a holding pattern and my guess is just they're being as careful as possible, but I don't think that we're going to see. But, but like when this is all said and done, um, you know, I don't think we're going to see uh, Miles playing for Charlotte next season, and and I think that will be the correct decision. One hundred percent. Do you have any thoughts on that too? As far as just sort of like, um, I mean, it it's one of those things now where it feels like this has gone on for a long time. It really is still pretty fresh. You know, it's yeah. just been just a couple of days. But do you have any thoughts on that on like the the timeline and how things have are have have progressed or not progressed?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I do think like you said. I do think you know I think they have to be in contact with the league. Mm-hmm. The league probably isn't saying you have to do this or that with the qualifying offer, but I know they want to take all the proper steps, get all the information that they can get before making a move. I don't know if the league has put kind of like a pause or a hold on any kind of transaction that deals with Miles Bridges. So even if another team, not that another team wants to, but even if another team wanted to send him a offer sheet, like they're just saying, hey, we're we're just not going to touch Miles Bridges right now. I have no clue, no clue. Uh, But I do think that if the Hornets really, really wanted to do something, they, they could just take away the qualifying offer right now and no one would bat an eye, right? I mean, I think that's the right thing to do regardless of how the legal system plays out because I think his court date is July 20th, which is well past when the moratorium ends and, and there's going to be things that have happened since then. So I, I just think they need to cut ties, move forward, and just kind of progress as, as an organization. I know this is setting them back and uh, they were obviously very inactive to start free agency. Obviously a lot of it is due to this and our first signing didn't come until today with Cody Martin. So do you want to transition to Cody Martin or any, or any, any kind of parting thoughts on miles?
3: I think, uh, I think I said everything yeah. I wanted to get out here. So yeah, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Again, right. it's a heartbreaking situation, but let's, let's get on to something um, uh, of a little bit better news here regarding the Hornets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a
0: candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Cody
1: Martin uh, signed a four-year deal, $32 million. We don't know all the details yet of this transaction in terms of, is it a you know just a straight four-year contract? Or are there any options, any non-guaranteed years? But what the Hornets can offer him is 8% raises, which is something that others cannot because they do have his bird rights. So, we'll see how that you know, the actual final details of the contract pans out. But regardless of how it looks, I think a four-year deal for Cody Martin, my initial reaction was very fair. I was expecting this guy to get anywhere from like the six to 10 range, maybe a little bit higher. And it kind of fell right there. And I know, I hate when people say this, but (laughs) <laughs> it it's it's a term that people like to use a lot. It's a very tradable contract. Yeah. It's almost as if like, okay, we're planning to trade this guy. But if you want to call it a tradable contract, it's a tradable contract. To me, yes, he is a player that comes off the bench, but for eight million dollars, you know, on average a year, it's awesome for this guy. I think when you look at this team last year and and actually projecting to next year, he's the team's best all-around. Defensive player. You can argue argue Jalen McDaniels, but when it comes to like minutes and and stuff like that, like he's out there more than Jalen. So he has more of an impact. He's a scrappy player, hustle player. He gets to those 50 50 balls and a player that's improved on the offensive end of the court. And we can only hope that he continues to make those steps uh, from behind the arc. One thing that I've always loved about him. And I, I don't know if the numbers always bear this out, but just how aggressive he is in getting to the rim. He may not be the best at the rim, but he has a a way about him. And I've said this a couple of times on the podcast where he is, has a combination of assertiveness, but also when he gets closer to the rim, he has a, a controlled nature to him. So he's been with this team for three years He's a second-round pick, so it's a, a pretty cool story how this guy has turned into a second contract with the Hornets, signing a four-year, thirty-two million-dollar contract. So th- those were kind of my initial thoughts with with Cody Martin. Very, very fair deal in my eyes.
3: Yeah, yeah I have a lot. I think I have kind of a, a lot I'd like to, to touch on with Cody. And just first off, a salute. Like <laughs> uh, I believe he is the is he the first second round pick in Hornets history to, to re-sign like a multi-year deal.
1: That's, just, that's what I've heard. That's yeah, what I've heard. I, I saw,
3: I think I saw a uh, uh, British buzz tweet that earlier. I'd have to, I'd have to confirm that I suppose independently, but um, look, the 2019 draft is, you know, is looking to be a pretty good one for the Hornets PJ in the lottery. Um, you know, we'll see where perhaps maybe there's an, ex- an extension in line for him now this summer. We'll see, but certainly yeah. someone that probably factors into the long-term picture of the Hornets. And look, they picked up the what the team option uh, a couple days ago for Jalen McDaniels. So the, again, it, that 2019 draft has turned out to be, you know, a pretty good one. And Charlotte found a couple of, you know, rotation players that they drafted and and developed in the, the second round with with Martin and McDaniels. And man, to go from a, a five-year college player, right? You know, starting at NC State, I covered Cody Martin, his freshman and sophomore year when he was at state. And I was, you know, a, a young, young reporter at the time and five year college career, second round pick, man, that's a pretty like, not, that's not a very like glamorous path, you know, and then to, to work himself up into getting, uh, what, what, it, what has the potential to be a, a $32 million contract, you know, we'll see how some of the, how it's structured and, and, uh, perhaps, uh, what maybe if there are any options attached or what have you, but it's a lot of money uh, for a guy that grew up dirt poor in, in Moxville, North Carolina. So it's a hell of a rise. It's a very cool story. I got to interview Cody uh, on old sports channel Eight, like the radio show the day after he got drafted in 2019 or two days after he got drafted and to, to see you know him going from a back end of the rotation hustle guy, to in a make or break season, him making it this year And this contract, like he, this contract is just proof of it. And Cody Martin's first two seasons in the NBA, zero point five, zero point five four points per spot up possession, just twenty three percent shooting on corner threes, only seventy attempts. This season, Cody Martin, 1.08 points per per spot-up possession, 59% effective shooting. Obviously got off to the great start and cooled off, but it it ended up finishing up at at a great number there. 39% shooting from the corners with 22% of his field goal attempts coming on corner threes. He shot 40% on above-the-break threes, 39% shooting on threes. Uh, Effective field goal percentage, 56% after being... Um, Like basically like, you know, right at 50% his first two seasons shot 65% at the rim. Um, You know, he really is a guy that is all dunks, you know, he's all, all everything. It's, you know, threes or it's at the rim. Mm -hmm. We talked about his poise finishing at the rim. I mean, the numbers bear it out Um, and he's a frisky finisher as well, but 47% of his shots coming at the rim, according to cleaning the glass, that's sort of consistent with where he's been in years past 35% of his field goal attempts come from beyond the arc. So, I mean, he really is, everything's restricted area or it's, you know, a catch and shoot three. Um, We have always sort of admired Cody for the, the winning play mentality, the team defense, the chase down blocks, the deflections, Um, you know, we, we, we can quibble with some of the one-on-one defense or how he holds up against, you know, uh, more, more powerful, primary creators or 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 wings um but the team defense pretty solid the hustle plays absolutely there long rebounds loose balls taking charges chase down blocks again like i kind of think he's like a sneaky good uh chase down artist but he had to have the shot the catch and shoot shot to to to, to like unlock that other defensive stuff you know and it was there this season the spot up and catch and shoot three was there so that's a big salute to, uh, to Cody Martin and a win for Charlotte's scouting department and for their player development. I know that spans, you know, that's the the James Borrego and um, company uh, crew there that that was a part of this, but obviously Cody Martin gets a lot of credit as well. And, and last thing I'll say before uh, I'll throw it back to you, Richie, is that you because you touched on the, the rim finishing and I touched on some of the catch and shoot stuff. He does other stuff offensively too. I think we've talked about this often with Jalen McDaniels as him being a guy that's like very solid cutting along the baseline, and and Cody Martin gives you that as well too. So he gives you the spot up shooting, he gives you the the baseline cuts, he gives you the ghost screens, um, he gives you when he can get a straight line drive in the defense is bent you know, he can attack off the catch and give you some of that second side creation. He's also a guy that can give Charlotte a little bit of short role playmaking. And that's something we may need to see more of next season with Cody, but that is something he he can do as well. Um, I've got clips of that, that I'd that be, I'd be happy to at some point put together into a compilation, but he can do a, he can give you a little bit of everything else offensively. He just needed the jump shot to be the thing that could tie it together. And if that thing doesn't come online, I, I'm not sure what, if Cody Martin is like getting a, a second contract, you know what I mean? But it was here this season and he earned himself a ton of life changing money. So uh it's a win for Charlotte's scouting department for their player dev department and for, uh for Cody Martin as well.
1: Yeah. It's a, to your point about him being a great cutter, I, I think as a shooter this year, we saw him be a, a very good, I guess, stationary shooter. He's not like a Terry Rozier right, by any right. means, but when he doesn't have the ball, he has that ability to find the open lanes to cut back door. He has that head of steam where he just goes straight towards the basket. People are going to find him and he's going to go up, you know, whether it's a contested shot or not, he's, he's going to try to finish over somebody. I think one thing that we do need to keep an eye on, whether it's him or just whether. With the construction of this roster for the Hornets is how they use minutes at the backup point guard position. You know, last year we saw Terry Rozier play heavy amount of minutes. We technically don't have a backup point guard as of now. I think one thing that we have to keep an eye on could be Kimball Walker, but I don't think he's going to be anything like he ever was in Charlotte. If you saw him play last year in New York, it was, a, it was a disappointing season. And obviously he's just coming off, you know, injury after injury with those knees. But Cody Martin has some underrated playmaking ability, more so against a, you know, a bent defense second side stuff. He's not going to be bringing the ball up the court and necessarily getting the team into sets and initiating offense that way. I guess he could, we saw a little bit of that his first year in summer league, but, that's not the type of guy that you expect out of this guy but he does have some playmaking creation he's going to create some high quality looks for for his uh, teammates and a lot of times it's off of a drive where he collapses the defense and he just dumps it down to someone in the dunker spot so he does have that talent you know playmaking and I do wonder how Charlotte is going to kind of use their backup point guard minutes because as of now, it's, it's probably going to be some staggering that's involved. Terry Rozier, Cody Martin, whoever.
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, the the free agent market, uh, as far as like trying to add a, a backup point guard is, you know, there's not a ton of options. I'd kind of like to see them try to, you know, maybe find someone younger or young-ish to take a, to take a, a flyer on just to see if you can get, you know, Frank Jackson or something like that in the door. Although my guess is they, they they'll prefer to go veteran and who knows, maybe they'll bring, they'll try to bring Isaiah Thomas back. I, I suppose that's a possibility. Again, Cody's a guy that can give them a little bit of playmaking, but as you mentioned, like it really is coming off of some already, like he is a guy that can, I think be an advantage multiplier because he makes decent decisions with the basketball. He can attack, okay. But um so he's not just like a, a catch and shoot ball mover. Like he can do some stuff with it. It's just the advantage chain has to be kind of started already to for that to get there. You know, I don't think going into the season with Rozier as your you know right. Mello as the only point guard and Rozier as the backup de facto is is a great idea. Um you know, Book Knight is obviously on the roster, so maybe you can try to squint and squeeze him into some of those backup point guard minutes it would be lovely to see him uh, in Vegas for summer league. But following uh, hand surgery, what last week or two weeks ago, uh, you know, book night will not be um, will not be participating in summer league, which is disappointment. That's a that's a pretty good opportunity for him. Maybe Jalen Crutcher, who had a nice season with Greensboro. In the the G League, uh, you know he'll he's a part of the summer league roster. So if if Jalen plays well again out there, you know I don't think he's necessarily the solution, but I'd like to at least see him get a shot. Um, so that, that, those are maybe a couple other things to kind of keep in mind. Do you want to sort of like take a snapshot of where the roster is right now, as far as like you know following this news with? Cody Martin. I mean, they don't need to sign the contract right after the moratorium. You know, they can keep the the cheaper cap hold on the books, which is I, I think it's around three million or like a Correct. little bit more than that. As far as the the hold for Cody goes,
1: with that hold, they would have if if you're if you're just keeping the hold on the books. Well, I guess if you keep Montrezl Harrell's hold on the books, I guess they're still an over the cap team. So yeah. I, I guess it just depends on what kind of exception. Yeah. they are going to use. But yeah, I mean, just looking at the roster right now, obviously, Kelly Oubre's contract got guaranteed the other day. Yep. Miles Plumlee's got guaranteed. I guess it might have been like a handful of days before that. They are really lacking. Mean, we just talked about it. They're really lacking at the backup point guard position. Mm-hmm. I think what's the, the most interesting position to me is going to be in that like four or five spot. Yeah, you know Mark Williams coming in as a rookie, he might not get a ton of playing time. You've got Mason Plumlee, who's this veteran that obviously has the experience with the system and stuff like that. But people have their qualms with him, and I understand. I mean, he's he's not a guy that. looks the best always on offense he can kind of clog up some spacing on that end and
3: what no come on yeah yeah
1: yeah but (laughs) that's what i'm interested to see and you know you talked about Jalen crutcher and you know there's a couple guys that are going to be interesting to watch during the summer league not that summer league is going to be any kind of indicator of how they're going to play in the nba but you know i really love to see what kai jones can do this year yeah and, and is he more of a four? Is he more of a five? I guess it's just, it's up for debate. But that's, those are the two positions that I'm looking at the backup point guard position. And then how is this center rotation going to form itself? Because I, I do think the wing position, the guard, like the shooting guard position, those types of players, I, I think they can kind of handle with Oubre and Rozier and PJ Washington and JT Thor would be interesting too in, in some sure. room as well. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and um, I mean, you named you you said a lot of stuff I'd like to touch on. I mean, PJ can obviously factor into that center rotation. Uh, He certainly did with James Rago. We'll see where Steve Clifford lands on that, but he's a guy that's played a lot of minutes at center um, uh, the last couple last couple of seasons. Uh, You know, Nick Richards, who what his deal? I think I believe it becomes fully guaranteed on July seventh. But as Richie, as you noted (laughs) on Twitter the other day, he is a part of the summer league roster which um, which their first game is the 8th Eighth? of July. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think Richards kind of is what he is, um, which is like deep depth. You know, I, I think he, we, again, I think we kind of know where he's at. Had some nice minutes for the Hornets this season, but, you know, I'm not sure if he's a guy that should really factor too much into that rotation, even if he does make the final 15-man roster. Um, if you watched Kai Jones this season in Greensboro, he played a lot of center. Um, and as you would expect, like kind of a, you know, a mixed bag defensively, although not all terrible, like the handful of games I've seen, I thought Kai was pretty active and engaged as like a a drop defender in the pick and roll that was trying to drop and then get up to the level or, or be at the level and then drop really kind of trying to like play that middle ground area, which is, is tough, but with his athleticism and his flexibility, there were some impressive plays. I thought his like box outs were strong, but he's obviously still got a ways to go in terms of just like actual defensive, uh, you know, process. Um, Again, Thor's a guy that should absolutely factor into the, the, the the mix at the four. Like there's some big opportunities uh, for, for both Kai Jones and JT Thor uh, to sort of like put uh, a bit of an imprint on the roster, you know, Gordon Hayward is someone that can probably give you some, you know, just because of his his strength, um, his post-up game, his threat as a, like being a screener on offense. You know, there's some lineups where he could be like the de facto four, you know what I mean? I'm, again, I'm not sure how much Steve Clifford will want to go into that. But there's there are some guys, and I mean, right now, a lot of the free agent market is either on, you know, it's, it feels like it's either dried up. Or yeah. it's on hold because of the situations with with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Although it does seem like there's real momentum now, all of a sudden for um, you know Westbrook, Kyrie, uh, Brooklyn, LA trade. Um, who knows? Maybe by the time this pod comes out, that will have happened, or uh, maybe it'll be closer to happening, or or maybe it'll be fully off the off the table. But. You know, Charlotte was a team that was mentioned as a possible trade candidate, um, you know, for Hayward, you know, package centered around Hayward and <laughs> in Westbrook. So, um, you know, right now, the way I'm looking at things and I, I hope I have this correct, but just re- removing Miles Bridges and we talked, look, we talked about Bridges and at the start of the pod, but, you know, removing him from the picture I have Charlotte, and I'm including Richards in this as well. I have Charlotte yeah. at 13 guys for next season right now, which I have Hayward, Rozier, Oubre, Plumlee, Lamello, PJ, yep. Booknight, Mark Williams, Kai Jones, Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, who, um, yeah, they picked up the team option. Yep. Some, certainly is the fully guaranteed date on August the 1st, something to watch. Nick Richards and JT Thor. And then, so I have them at 13 there. So two slots to fill. Again, that's assuming no Miles Bridges, which is what should happen. Right, right and right. then I also have McGowan's, and and I yeah. guess Scotty Lewis as two ways. Um, maybe McGowan's. I mean, who knows? Maybe one of those guys gets uh, you know, gets brought up to being you know to round out the roster or whatever. But McGowan's will certainly be someone to watch out in Vegas, especially um with some ball handling reps getting freed up um because of the book night injury.
1: Yeah, and we still have uh, Nick Batum's uh, eight million dollar dead money contract. One more year.
3: One, one more year. More year. And we're it is, off. It, it's crazy because what he signed, uh, it, the the deal he signed with the Clippers, I, I think is it twenty two over two years. I think so. Uh, Nick Batum's still going to be a, <laughs> getting you know upwards of, of twenty million dollars uh, combined between two teams next season. So um, yeah, good good for him, I suppose. Right.
1: Yeah, I have I have nothing really more to add. Uh, I think we did a good job of just talking about our thoughts on, on Cody Martin. I guess one more thing to kind of note here, it's nothing really to get too deep into, but Jake Fisher tweeted out today that Tyrone Corbin and Bob Beyer right, are expected right. to join Steve Clifford's coaching staff. I, I will say this, like we talked about how Steve Clifford may keep on some of the, uh, the previous coaching staff for the continuity sake for the player development sake. But obviously, you know, you just can't keep adding coaches without taking away. So I, I'm interested to see like which members of the staff are the ones that are going to stay and which ones have been let go that we just haven't heard about or, or will be let go in the next couple of days. So that's, that's the last thought I have for this episode.
3: Yeah. And, and Corbin, uh, someone that was with Clifford, uh, in Orlando, um, 2018 through 2021, so you know obviously a little bit of uh of continuity, but a guy that's also just been around the nBA for you know four decades now or whatever, but that is something to keep an eye on um obviously uh with the with the with what is uh a you know a very um young roster in place here for the uh the the hornets and just yeah, we'll see uh how they round out the roster and i I am excited to see these guys in summer league um, especially uh, you know, Williams and uh, and uh, uh, McGowan's as well. So, and, and certainly Kai Jones and JT too. Those are the, the ones to obviously highlight, I think.
1: Yeah. So the Hornets will have four games in summer league. We're going to try to get at least two post-game episodes. I know they're not obviously regular season games, but they're just something to talk about because it's going to start to dry up here, the content for our podcast. So we, we figure we'll get some post-game podcast in here. As we wrap, first off, thanks for all the support so far on Buzzbee Plus. But if you've not heard about it so far, you can check out the link in the description. You get ad-free episodes, you get early access to episodes, and you get exclusive episodes. So just check that out. There'll be a link in the episode notes as you're listening to this podcast. It takes all of two seconds to click on that link and just look more into it. So we hope you guys have a good day. For Brian, I am Richie. Go Hornets.